Movies Through Time. Movies Through Time. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Movies Through Time. Movies Through Time. Hey, dude. Hey. What? What's up? I just watched. Actually, no, I didn't just watch it, but we're going to be talking about. We'll Rebel pretend that cause. you just watched it. We'll pretend. <laughs> we need to suspend disbelief here. Rebel what, without a cause. From this is what we do. From nineteen fifty-five. Five. Fifty-five. Yeah. Directed by Nicholas Ray. And starring James Dean. And Natalie Wood. And yeah, I'm trying to remember the. I, I don't know. He kind of looks Indian to me, but he might just be like Southern Italian. Like, I think his name was Sal Mileno or something like that. Are you talking about the kid who plays Plato? Yeah. I don't actually know the characters' names. Uh, I just know the actors' and actresses' names, but that doesn't matter too much. Uh, so, a young kid who is kind of like a troublemaker comes to a new town makes new friends and enemies and that's the plot description that we have for the film uh and i would describe it as like probably the first high school teen flick that ever occurred well i don't know if it's the first one but certainly the first popular like teen high school flick uh in american cinema yeah and it's pretty much james dean's well because he was really only in I think three or four movies and this is pretty much his only big starring role well east of, I understand. Eden. east of eden was his big one wasn't it was was he a star in that though or was he as a sporting actor yeah he might have been sporting i'm not actually sure on that because i know i saw giant his other big movie and he was he was really good in that one but he was a supporting actor he wasn't the lead wow yeah yeah, but I was surprised because I don't think I've ever seen uh, James Dean or James Dean in a film before, and I was just kind of amazed, like, "Wow, this is really, really good acting!" Like he was acting quite belligerent throughout the film, which was very interesting. That especially for that era of film, it's like, "Whoa, we're kind of going out of the stage acting performances of like the '30s and '40s, and are just starting to see people like kind of be more realistic." I suppose, like you're, yeah. Just going, he was he was up there with Brando, where they were kind of trying something new and different. I would say he was better than Brando, actually, in the first couple of films I've seen him in. Yeah, I mean, Brando kind of got better over time, where but like James Dean was pretty, like because I had high expectations for this film, and he was he was pretty great, like straight out the gate, like considering how young he was at the time too. It's really weird because this film is definitely like throughout my life has kind of been built up as like the must see film. So whenever you, someone builds up like that, it's just like, ah, damn it. It's it's just not as good as people built it up to be. But I was pleasantly surprised. I'm like, wow, this is actually really good. I mean, there are definitely a lot of plot holes in the film and parts where I'm like, ah, I don't really buy what's going on here. But aside from that, it's like, wow, really cool acting. And also for the era that it came out in, like, risque i suppose is how you could describe it yeah well it's kind of like this film had been built up so much that i almost i'd been putting off seeing it for a long time just because it had been so built up and then when i saw it i was actually it actually met my expectations and my expectations were pretty high so that was kind of cool yeah so 
I'm just gonna mention right off my the bat, like the my favorite part of the film has nothing to do with like the acting or lighting or anything like that. It was quite simply that like one of the pet names that they gave to uh, the Natalie Wood character was a uh, glamour puss, and I I want to bring that back now. I want to start calling uh, <laughs> my close my close female friends uh, glamour puss. I want to start doing that again. Like, I want to bring that back. It's it's just so amazing and. It was just used as a term of endearment, but I'm like, is that, it's kind of like saying, I'm a or something like that. Like, just like an endearing term, but it's like, I, we need to bring it back is what I'm telling you. Like, we need to start a ad <laughs> campaign to bring back Glamour Bring back Glamour Puss. As a term of endearment, and one day it'll become a slur and then be gotten rid of again, but we need to bring it back as a term of endearment for at least a little while, because it's it's just so fun. I want to I wanna call you a Glamour Puss right now, but I might not. I'm, I'm debating, though. Maybe at the end of the podcast. You glamour puss. Oh, don't root. We, we have to, ah, okay. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, and then there are other, like, weird sayings, like, uh, James Dean oftentimes in the film is talking about how he has to defend his honor, and so, like, how he was dishonored several times was, like, someone called him chicken, which is just, like, a middle school five-year-old thing in my head, like, oh, yeah, and then, they do the, and then they do the chicken sounds, bok, bok, bok. I was thinking, like, oh, someone would call him a f- but it's like, no, he called you a chicken. I'm like, okay. And then it, and then it leads to, it escalates to a switchblade fight. Yeah, yeah, that that was interesting. I'm like, oh, that's just kosher at this time. <laughs> In front of the Griffith Observatory. You which can't, is really... you can't swear, but you can cut each other up with switchblades. That's totally fine. Yeah, you can so... cut your, cut each other up, cut cut your clothes into shreds. Murder is honorable. Bleeding. Swearing is evil. Hmm. Chicken. Um, oh, and then, well, before I get into some of the set stuff, because I thought that was interesting too, what do you think about like the subplot of the film, which seems to be a heavy focus on fathers in the film? Like, There's like a focus between all the characters on something about their fathers, whether they're not sufficient in their fathering whether they're too distant or you know well flat out yeah dead. that was one thing that i thought was unique about this film is because there's kind of like the cliche in a lot of hollywood films where they show like the abusive overbearing father but this was like the exact opposite it was like the father was almost like subservient to the mother to the point where it was pissing off the james dean character like the well yeah but i'm um, so that's one version but then the other version is like when you look at uh natalie wood's father she's like trying to be ultra affectionate to him in a, like a weird creepy sexual way and he's kind of like yeah that was her weird too that. yeah well and then you see like the trademark or not the trademark uh you see the connections though where it's like okay but then you look at the sal Moleno character so it's like the boy who desperately wants a father because his father's dead and then he kind of looks at james dean and goes like i want you to be my father and it's like well, and then he well, and then he has the whole thing where he makes up a bunch of stories about like, oh, my father was a great war hero, or my father, did, and it's like you told me your father died doing this or something. He just kind of makes up stories. Sure, and but it was weird why I, I didn't understand exactly why the Sal Milano character, who's maybe like a year or two younger than the James Dean character, wants James Dean wants James Dean to be his father. Like that's it's a weird thing that I didn't understand. And then on top of that, too, like the compression of time for the film, because I think it all occurs within like a day and a half or two day stretch. And it seems odd that these characters are just connecting so quickly and it just feels kind of forced. Like, why would they be that invested and connected with each other that quick? 
Um, I mean, that's the plot. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it's just I don't know. That kind of happens a lot in movies, though. I feel like where it's just kind of the progression happens way faster than it naturally would, but it has to for the sake of the plot. Yeah, so that's my rip on it, though. Is just that uh, they progressed it too quickly, or like just even if you put the hypothetical. But yeah, like the, 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 there was kind of there was kind of some interesting stuff there with the with like the daughter being really affectionate to the father and the father being like, no, you're too old for that. Like it was just, it was just kind of weird. Cause you don't really see that kind of take on parents in movies or TV shows that often where you have, where you have like the father who's kind of just, I guess for lack of a better term, like whipped by the mother. And then to the point where like the child is getting pissed at the dad for being so weak. Cause there's one scene where he's wearing like uh, a freaking like maid's dress and and i think he like drops the food because he was making dinner and like cleaning the house or something for the mother or something and then he drops the food and he's like oh god she's gonna be furious like she's gonna be so mad and then james dean is just like you know he's just like hey no let her see it and he's just super angry but be a man what's wrong (laughs) with you Uh, so part of this might be explained that the entire movie was based off of this, uh, I, I think it was like a psychology book made by some dude in like the 1940s or whatever. And it gets into something about like parenting and parenting methods. So I think the movie is in part looking at uh, different parenting methods and how it's assumably dysfunctional. I don't know that's how the film is depicting those parenting methods, that it actually causes damage. Who knows? But I mean, like, that's what the movie is saying, at least and. I think that explains a little bit more in terms of a framework, but the interpretation is like, yeah, it just seemed kind of frightening to me. Not necessarily a bad thing, but just like there's some subverted sexual tension in these young adolescent hormonal teens. Like, I think that's not too far of a stretch to kind of make that point. Well, and I think it did a good job of showing like the kind of like the pack mentality of kind of like adolescent like like high school teenage girls and boys and stuff so like when they get in a pack they just like even the lead what's her name the the love interest of james natalie wood yeah so when she's like with a big group of the other like cliques or whatever at the school she's just kind of goes along and then she's like oh well don't judge me based off of that like judge me that's not the real me and then like when she's one-on-one with james dean all of a sudden she totally changes she was good in this film because like when she was like you know antagonistic to james dean and like with the other group it's like in my mind i'm like i want to punch you in the face like what the yeah. hell <laughs> and then she was like oh no you can't judge me based on that we're all fake when we're in a big group like that <laughs> and, and you know the weird thing too is like so like there's like to approve their honor and to see who's not chicken they're in like a car race off a cliff and whoever jumps out first is the chicken so the guy james dean is competing with like he dies and it's weird because, again, because this is all taking place within, like, a day, like, she's like, oh, my God, my boyfriend died. I'm kind of feeling suicidal for a second on the cliff. And then I'm just totally going into James Dean's arms and we have sex. And I'm just like, how is this all happening within the course of, like, a night or a day? Like, that's a little too Well, fast. no, and then the other thing is, is when he comes back, he's like, we need to be honest about this to his parents and stuff. And his parents are like, no, don't tell anybody. You weren't involved. Like... <laughs> Well, I, I don't think that's too weird a reaction, I suppose, but... Yeah, I know. It's just kind of funny just with him being like, oh, we need to be really honest about this. You always told me to be honest. And he's just kind of calling the, his parents out for being hypocrites because they're like, oh, no, well, not about this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, like, I, I like the film, but it 
the pacing is a little wonky at times where I do kind of feel like, eh, what's going on here? But uh, I, again, like James Dean, really good actor, you know, for what he's placed in. Same with Natalie Wood. The Sal Milano character, I just don't entirely understand that one all that much. And it seemed a little odd to me, but uh, that was the interesting part as well. The what character? Uh, Sal, I think the actor's name is like Sal Maleno. So uh, the Plato, Plato guy, Plato. Plato. Yeah, Plato was an interesting character for sure. Uh, it, yeah, he was. I guess just like a morbid, skinny little dude or something. Uh, probably has like a, been bullied too much or something like that. And but yeah, it was kind of like James Dean was kind of like his. It was. It was kind of like James Dean represented everything he wanted to be or he wishes he could be. So he kind of almost just idolized him to the point where yeah he did kind of want like want him to be the father figure and then hit um what what's her name the, the, natalie uh, the, I don't... The, the natalie wood character to be his mother figure almost yeah so like they were going to be like his parent like his yeah i mean it's a little confusing foster uh, parents almost even though he's almost the same age which is kinda... it, it's a little confusing to try to like make the connections of like what each character really wants at any given time um so i, I think you could probably well because they mentioned a little bit more well, the the natalie wood character mentions it almost directly though she's like yeah he wants you like us to be his parents basically in the film itself oh i get for his character i'm saying what does natalie wood want and what does james dean really want oh that's, yeah yeah that's that's not as clear james dean doesn't want his dad to be a bitch basically is the main crux of his position <laughs> um, <laughs> that's well because it's saying rebel without a cause but if you had to give him a cause it'd be it'd be his dad oh no it's, he doesn't want his dad being a bitch <laughs> that's that should be the name it would be of the his frustrations be with it, it would be his frustrations with his dad <laughs> That that's the name. That should be the name of the film. Dad, don't be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know what Natalie. I don't know what her motivation is exactly. I mean, I guess <laughs> I, she wants a male figure to be lovey dovey with, and so she's trying to get guys that are more like her dad. And so I guess she sees that in James Dean, maybe. I don't well, because the other thing is, well, I don't. Know, a little bit more loose. I don't know. I kind of was led to believe. I don't know if when I was watching, did she really care that much for the first guy? Really. Or was she just uh, kind of acting no, and playing went, along? She did. They presented, though, because, like, when he went off the cliff, she was kind of, like, looking out at the cliff, and then James Dean is, like, extending his hand to her, and he's, like, shaking his head, like, don't do it. And it's, like, so the presumption there is that she was thinking about maybe jumping off the cliff, too. So, like, there's an implied... Oh, so there is, like, a deep implication that she did care, but at the same time, the pacing is so compressed that it's, like, yeah, but now I'm just going to hook up with James Dean after my boyfriend just died because <laughs> i guess he was chicken or dumb and then and then they kind of go to that abandoned mansion that was, some, that was an oh, interesting oh, set you know piece. What? That, that's that's from the set of your favorite film sunset boulevard are you serious yeah that's it's that same like uh mansion that they were in for sunset boulevard a movie made in like 1950 uh oscar nominated uh and then they tore it down like two years later but that was from sunset boulevard yeah because it looks it looks like a freaking haunted house it's a cool set piece in this movie yeah i mean like in sunset boulevard it looked like a haunted house too yeah yeah but uh, one thing the griffith observatory scenes i thought were really cool too where they actually show the inside because i was at griffith observatory actually 
uh, well, I saw the new modern version, but it's the same building structure, but they actually, ha- it's kind of cool too. Cause if you go outside it, they have a plaque of James Dean and it says like a memorial plaque and that has, you know, this is where they filmed rebel without a cause. And you can kind of see, it was kind of cool watching it and seeing like all the places. like I'd actually been to all the places where they filmed it and it's still there. It's, it's one of the most iconic places in LA. This is where James Dean took a d- on his break. <laughs> Here, do you want to see? Do you want to see? Isn't this yeah, cool and magical? It's some really nice Art Deco architecture from the 30s, I 40s. I did want to go into that with you a little bit, though, because I thought it was kind of odd that the observatory kept being brought up in the film. Like, it was this significant place to go, and I'm wondering if you have any kind of ideas about why that was. Um, Like, why was that a significant place for them to, like, have these... Uh, well, I mean, I guess if you want to like analyze it in terms of symbolism or something, you could say that it's it's kind of like, you know, you go in there and you look at the cosmos and the stars. And usually when you're looking up at the stars, like it's kind of like you're projecting all of your hopes and dreams, you know, you wish on stars and stuff. So it's kind of like they go there for kind of wish fulfillment almost like they kind of. Yeah, but doesn't that they're, like, hyper, for they're hyper nerds then they're being hyper nerdy. It's weird. Well, it's not, it's not really nerdy. Yeah, like, why wouldn't you go to the hill and get drunk? Like, why why go to an observatory? Why not just look at the sky that's already outside? Because it's a really cool observatory. <laughs> I, eh, it looked okay to me. Like, have you ever been in an observatory? They're pretty I, cool. I saw it in the film. They do shoot in the observatory. Yeah, but it's not as cool as actually being there. <laughs> I, I have been in an observatory, but, you know, it just didn't go to the significance of, like, I want to go out where I can see the stars. I can't see the stars anyways. Like it's all blind. Well, I think well, I think a big part of it is probably too. It's just that if you look at LA, there really aren't that many structures. That was shot that, in LA. Yeah, there really aren't that many structures that are super iconic. Whoa. It's not. It's not like New York. I was joking. Yeah, but I'm yeah. saying like it's not like New York. You know where like there's tons of famous buildings and structures. Like the Griffith Observatory is right across from the Hollywood sign. It's one of the most famous icons in LA. And really, if you look at L.A., there aren't that many icons. There's like the Hollywood sign, the Griffith Observatory, and then maybe one or two famous buildings downtown. Honestly, the only thing I thought was the Hollywood sign. That's the only thing I can think of to identify L.A. Well, if you want the best view of the Hollywood sign, you have to go to the Griffith Observatory. That's the best. Yeah, that's the best lookout point. Okay, well, sure, okay. That makes sense. And then the high school that they shot in, I think, still exists today. I think it was called dawson high school in the film but it was shot in santa monica high school or something so yeah de- yeah so dead time dead time's fun santa monica high school well I guess <laughs> shout we out should, to santa monica high <laughs> i guess we should pretty much wrap it up here but yeah again just yeah. super pleasantly surprised like this film's kind of built up but actually i, I, think I would it executes yeah. pretty well i would say actually this is probably james dean in this movie is probably the some of the best acting I've ever seen in any film. Yeah, but he's kind of doughy. He's not fat, but he's doughy. 